Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 22 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from beautiful Sandusky, Ohio, finally, and I'm thrilled that you're tuning in for this episode. If you've been enjoying the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you'd share a link with your friends. You can find the link in the show notes or just tell them to look for A Yank on the Footy in their favorite podcast hosting site. Before I dive into today's episode, I wanted to touch on a couple of things before we get going here. All right. First off, I wanted to go ahead and thank all of you who have been listening. And while this is only my fourth month of podcasting, last month was by far my biggest with regards to the number of people listening. It was significant. And I can't thank you enough. I know I've said this in an earlier episode that... I never thought anybody would listen, but a couple of days ago, I went over 3,600 downloads overall. Now, some podcasts get that within the first couple of minutes of when they post a new episode. I don't have that kind of a following or traction or anything like that, so I'm thrilled with those of you who have come to listen and have shared it with your friends. I cannot thank you enough. I'm hoping that as this goes along, I'm able to build a little bit of confidence in you in terms of the quality of the message that I'm bringing, of the guests that I'm bringing on, that type of thing. I truly appreciate you fitting my podcast into your day, whenever it is that you listen to it. And what was really neat is looking at some of the statistics over the last few weeks was the number of individuals that had come on board in April and had, were going back and listening to the first episode that were beginning the journey, if you will, of listening to my podcast. I am excited about that because to me, it, open, it, it opens up new avenues, new places for me to go and reach out to try to find guests to come onto the show. I have to tell you, I'm, I'm truly enjoying reaching out and talking to the people that have, that have come onto the show. Okay. I've had some fantastic guests. Um, I've had, uh, you know, going back to, you know, Chris Hickey, my first guest who did a two-part episode, which if you have listened to that, when you realize that that was roughly the same length as last week's episode with Gavin Ingham, which I left as a single episode, I've kind of made the decision that I'm not going to try to turn this into a cookie cutter. Everything's going to be 30 minutes or 38 minutes or 40 minutes, whatever the case may be. I'm going to go ahead and cover what needs to be covered and then I'll get in and I'll get out. I'm not going to turn this into a, uh, into a, an episode every week. That's going to be the exact same amount of time. It's not a, it's not a television show where they have to get in and out in an hour. Okay. In fact, I was very surprised after I got done talking with Gavin last week, which was an absolute thrill. And Gavin, if you're listening, I appreciate you coming on. The previous week when I talked to to Cameron Richardson and the week prior to that when I talked to Danny Marshall and the several hosts of other podcasts like the Kick to Kick podcast and the um, Terry Degani's podcast as well. I've had a great time talking to these guests and I've loved the fact that they have promoted my podcast on their shows. That's been wonderful. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it 
last week or the week before, but I actually got a shout out from the president of the Western Bulldogs on the team's actual podcast. They were referencing uh, my friend Frode, who had asked a question, and the team president said, well, yeah, he'd actually heard Frode being interviewed on my podcast and recommended people listen to it. I was floored. I was shocked and amazed that, that one, that he had listened to it, and two, that he was mentioning it so that the, the fan base of the team might actually hear that. So it's, it's word of mouth. Like I said, I had a huge month last month. I released a couple of extra episodes, which might have had something to do with it. But those of you who have come on, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I have a couple of uh, guests lined up over the next couple of weeks, some really interesting guests. I'm very excited about them. I don't want to say who they are yet. Uh, I spent this weekend trading messages online. I reached out to some of their, uh, you know, some people that they know as well to hopefully get some background information besides what I can find online. But I'm beginning to get a little bit more confidence when it comes to actually inviting a guest onto my podcast. Because again, I'm an old man American who's only been watching the game for four years. I'm not somebody who's grown up with this. I'm not somebody in the media in Australia that has lived and breathed this game their entire lives. So coming up with the confidence that the gumption is a word that we would use here. I'm sure that's a, that's a word my grandmother would have used. She was born and raised in Kentucky. And I, I'm not sure if gumption is a word that has made it into the Australian colloquialism, but it's, it's one that I know I have heard many times in my lifetime, the intestinal fortitude, if you will, to reach out to people that I thought would never, ever be somebody who would consider coming on my little podcast and by them donating their time it's helped this to grow and again i cannot i cannot thank them enough and again i cannot thank you enough for coming on and listening and the po- folks who are coming on to the show thanks for sharing your time thanks for sharing your wonderful stories you know if you're somebody who's listening that m- might be interested in coming on as a guest i tell everybody that i contact This is not a gotcha podcast. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I want this to be fun. I want this to be something where you learn, as a listener, you learn a little bit about the person that's on the the show. I want, I'm going to be selfish here for a moment. I want to learn. That's one of the reasons why I'm doing this is so I can learn more about the game. I can learn a little bit more about the history of what this great game has been. All right, so it's been a uh, it's been a journey these first four months. I'm at a point in time right now where I have this huge episode that I have been researching and reading up on for quite some time, and it was the one I had planned on doing this weekend, and I've not made it through all of the reading yet. I've been highlighting things that I've printed out and articles, and I've got dozens of articles linked that I'm diving into. And it's it's an issue that I'm excited to get into because it's something that's very important to not only Australia, but it's also very important to the United States as well. And that is the the issue of concussions and CTE. So I've been reading up on this since the story broke several weeks ago. Well, a couple of months ago now, because like I said, it's been a lot. It's been a long job researching this sort of thing i've gotten sidetracked with other things the weather finally got nice here we actually had a couple of back-to-back 70 degree days here in northern ohio we've been waiting for those for 
several weeks. So I've been out working in the garden, taking my dogs for a walk, that type of thing. So I kind of neglected my duties as far as getting the research done on this, but I'm going to keep working at it because I think it's an issue that we need to think about in terms of what's going to happen five years, ten years from now. Is there a way to help to protect athletes? So that's that's what I'm working on in the uh, in the background. But like I said, I have not uh, I've not uh, gotten my research done for that. I've started writing a little bit, um, but it's still going to take me a little bit of time before I get that finished. Now, one of the other things that was remarkable to me over the last 10 days or so, you know, if if you've not heard, I know I've mentioned this before, about 60% of the people who are listening, about 62% actually, reside in Australia. So that that to me is exciting because it's, it's people who've grown up with this game and love this game. About 35% are from the United States, which is that untapped market for this game. I got a question uh, addressed on the sounding board the other day uh, with uh, Damien and uh, Craig Hutchison about what could be done to market the game here in the United States a little bit more. And, and Mr. Hutchison kind of thought that my idea of having like a weekly um, highlight show that was maybe done by Australian broadcasters that was given to like Fox Sports here in the United States to look at some of the other games that didn't necessarily make it on television here because they're not all on TV here. He thought that was a halfway decent idea. And I've actually reached out to him to see if he might want to come on. I've not heard back from him yet, but I would love to get him on to talk about footy as well. But what was really interesting is that I've, I've had, I think now, 14 countries where people have listened to my podcast. Now there's a couple of these countries where it's been one person. I think three people in India have listened. I think there was one person in Sweden, one person in uh, Finland, I believe, as well. And I'm sure they went ahead and hit the button to listen to it and decided, oh, wait, this is not football as we know it, and and moved on. If, if that's not you and you're listening, thank you. But last week I had almost 50 people listen to the podcast from France. I'm stunned by that. I don't know if there's some glitch in the matrix or something that led to that, but there were 50 people that listened or 50 episodes listened to in France last week. So that, that was amazing. And if you're in France and you're listening, I truly appreciate you tuning in. Send me an email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. I'd love to know where you are, what your thoughts are on, on how things are going with the show. Uh, would love to talk. if you're a footy big enough footy fan I'd love to have you on and talk about footy with you and I wanted to address one more thing in terms of some of the uh, the background things before I dive into the the issues today uh, I received a letter about a week and a half ago uh, from a gentleman by the name of Matthew Francis who's from Adelaide and Matthew if you're listening I appreciate the letter it was if it was printed out on on notebook paper or printer paper it probably would have been a two-page, three-page letter. There was some thought put into this, and and he has started listening to the show and went through a lot of the, the issues, a lot of the things that I've maybe asked as questions during the, the, the show, and, you know, what TV programs um, do you recommend, that type of thing. How did you become a fan? And he talked about how he had grown up watching motorsports and was really not into into footy until he really got to his first game and began watching it on television and really began to embrace the game. So 
Matthew, I appreciate you reaching out. Uh, it was great that uh, great to hear from you. I uh, I hope you keep listening. I hope you share a link with your friends. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to dive into some of the issues that have that have gone on this week. Now, as I'm recording this, and it's at about six o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, uh, which is uh, let's see, thirty-two. It's about eight o'clock in the morning on Monday morning for those of you in Melbourne. Last night, overnight, there was a rather bizarre story that that broke, that showed up on Twitter. And it's, it's, it's a name that I wasn't familiar with. I'm sure if you're a footy fan and you've been online, you have seen this. I don't feel comfortable enough to talk about this because I don't know who this gentleman is. I don't know his background. I know he had been a coach with North Melbourne at one time, but that that's all I know. So I don't feel comfortable delving into that issue simply because it's something I don't know enough about and I don't want to alienate people or anger people or anything of that nature. So I'm going to go ahead and just pass that by and not really dig into that issue at all today. But there was some good news or what is beginning to sound like good news. And it's looking like that the AFL is beginning to sort of creep along towards getting the season restarted. And we might get some really good news on the 11th of May in about eight days. I hope that's the case. Uh, the, the head of the league, uh, Mr. McLaughlin, was on uh, with in an interview with on, uh, I'm not sure what the name of the podcast, it was with Damian Barrett yesterday. And he was talking about the different stages of activity levels that uh, that Australia happened to be on. And he said that they were currently on what is known as level A. And I think it's probably something that's pretty comparable to what's going on here in the United States as well, uh, where, you know, teams are not getting together. Groups of 10 are not getting together. And I've heard that there's been some dispute about the different states in Australia where the different premiers of each state have, have kind of varied the the levels within the state and some people are worried about one club getting a bit of an advantage over another by having 10 of the players be able to get together to work out. Sounds like that's not going to be allowed. So nothing wrong with keeping the, the playing field level. But I was reading through the Australian Institute for Sports, what they call their framework for rebooting sport. And it laid, laid out the criterion for training. And in the interview yesterday, um, Mr. McLaughlin was saying that there's hope that over the next couple of weeks that footy players would be able to move into what is known as level B, which would be the area where 10 of them would be allowed to participate together, to train together. Now, I don't know how you would uh, figure out what 10 those would be. Um, I heard on a, another podcast I was listening to while I had my dogs out today for a walk. Um, it's one that if you haven't listened to it yet, it's a very funny one. I think it's called Junk Time Footy couple of comedians I'm I would like to get them on the show as well I've talked to them before I need to I need to be a little bit more persistent with them but they were talking about well how do you determine who those 10 are Are they people that live nearby or whatever the case may be because right now they were they were saying that if you end up going out with just you know just one other player in your club and if that person can't kick the ball worth a darn then you're going to spend all the all your time training going and chasing the ball because they can't hit you in the chest with it so he was saying that in the Next couple of weeks, I think that they could get to level B. 
And the thought process is then that after a couple of weeks, they can move on to level C, which would allow basically another week or so of training camp. Okay, because from what I've gathered, it's looking like they're saying that the the thought process of training camp was going to be about a three-week period to get the players back together, get the continuity of the players working together in order to get them ready to participate. Now, you know, you're not going to, I don't think, have a, an, you know, scrimmages between different squads or anything of that nature. I think that's pretty much already happened and not going to be something that gets done going forward. But it's, it's interesting because they were talking about, well, how do the games get played? And it sounds like the NRL is going to be starting at the end of May. So people who are, are just craving athletic competition are, are more than likely going to gravitate to the National Rugby League. And I'm sure we're going to get a game or two broadcast here in the United States and we'll probably have people falling head over heels with Australian rugby. So hopefully if things clear up and it's safe and it's advisable for people to be able to actually get out and uh, and work with one another and compete against one another, hopefully that can happen sooner rather than later because footy made a significant headway in a very short period of time here in the States. And yeah, I'm kind of being selfish from the, from my vantage point hoping that more games are here but for those of you who are in australia yeah you're probably going to be in the same boat that i am and be relegated to watching the games on television and i'm I'm sorry that you're not going to be able to get to the games more than likely but you know there were all sorts of discussions you know we've, we've heard the things about the hubs and whether they would have you know six teams go to a hub and they would play five or six games over the span of about a month. And then they would go home for a couple of weeks and then they would go back out to another hub and play again. Um, Mr. McLaughlin also talked about in during this discussion that I'd seen in an article that I read today also, and I linked this one in the, uh, in the show notes, he talked about that maybe they're going to be able to do a fly in and fly out. And it sounded like that's something that's been proposed by Queensland where and and I'll be honest with you and I'll get into this a little bit more detail here in a moment I knew that both Brisbane and Gold Coast were in Queensland I didn't realize that they were basically sister cities they were they're almost right next to one another I did I I just hadn't paid that close of attention to it I mean I knew Gold Coast was on the coast and I've been in contact with some people who live in the Brisbane area but I didn't realize that they were almost extensions of one another which is is kind of interesting you know, so I, I, I'm wondering, you know, are they, are they going to do this fly in and fly out where you, you, you leave the hometown? And in many cases, it's probably going to be Melbourne or Sydney. And you fly to Gold Coast and you play your game the next day. You probably stay in a hotel overnight and then you hop on the plane and fly home. Is that the direction that they're going to go? Or are they going to, to do the hubs? I mean, that's been something that's talked about as well for several weeks now to where you would have six teams or so and I would imagine it would be six teams per hub since there's 18 clubs you know unless you wanted to have little mini hubs where you just had three teams together and you played a round robin of three teams and then you rotated I suppose you could do that sort of thing but if you're going to have a hub already set up I would imagine you're probably going to put more than just a handful of teams in the same location I mean is it possible that 
they would have just a charter flight. You know, I've never really investigated this, but when the teams fly from one city to another, when Melbourne flies to go play Port Adelaide or Fremantle goes to play Brisbane, are they on a commercial flight or are they on a charter flight where it's just the club on the flight? So if they're able to do charter flights, I mean, they could stay pretty much isolated from society, if you will. They could hop on a plane, make that flight to Brisbane, if that's where they're going to play, if that's going to be a hub. Or one other one that we've even heard about as well is that they're talking about possibly Darwin being a hub and playing some games up there. I mean, that would be very interesting as well. I think that would be, it sounds like the that the the coronavirus has not been as widespread in in the Northern Territories as it has been in Victoria, for example. But, you know, could they could they go to this, the hub situation, you know, fly in on a charter flight, go to the hotels, practice, play games, go back to the hotels. I mean, you're kind of so sequestered away. You know, it's, it's not going to necessarily be a whole lot of fun. I, I get that. I understand that. I, I completely understand the, the concern that many of the players and, and, Let's be honest, many of these players are very young. They have young families. They have spouses or girlfriends where they may they may have a young child or two or getting ready to have a child. This is a terribly difficult decision to make to decide, I'm going to go ahead and leave my significant other for five weeks to go to go do my job. Now there are some people who have basically said, suck it up buttercup i know chris fagan has has come out and basically said hey it's not the end of the world and that sort of thing i look at it from a kind of a unique standpoint when i was in the navy here in the united states on my first cruise my that cruise lasted a little over 10 months and for a chunk of that cruise we didn't see land for 121 straight days so we were at sea for over four months so I, I, I get the whole being away from family for, for five weeks being a difficult thing. I understand that, okay? But uh, it is a, uh, it's something that I think is going to have to be, be thought about. But if then, of course, Mr. McLaughlin, I think I might have already mentioned already, said, well, that, that, we may, that, we, that Australia may be progressing well enough. I mean, we as footy. Um, have have gone far enough towards alleviating COVID-19 that the hubs may not be necessary. That the players would still stay, stay sequestered from one another, would probably be on some sort of a flight where it's just them. They'd be getting tested, that type of thing. But they would still be able to play on home grounds. They'd still be playing at Marvel. They'd still be playing at the MCG, that type of thing. They'd be playing the Adelaide Oval. Yeah, without crowds, however, which you know, is not going to be fun for us as supporters or for you as supporters, especially if you're somebody who's going to the games all the time. I feel terrible about that. Now, I, I think the whole idea of the, uh, the Northern Territories being a hub would be fascinating. You know, you have, you have uh, from what I have heard, a, a rather thriving footy community in that part of your country. And if I'm not mistaken, they play opposite times of the year because of because of the climate. All right, so that 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 would be a very interesting proposition. 
Now, to throw a monkey wrench into the whole situation, though, I did see yesterday that there were, what, 13 new cases that were reported in Victoria yesterday, and that there was a, a, an elementary school or a primary school where a teacher had tested positive, so they shut the school down. Now, I, I don't know exactly what's going on in the school situation there, but it sounds like there's a lot of pressure to keep schools open. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that, that worries me a little bit. As a, as a teacher for over 26 years now, you know, we, we had our, we've been out of school now for over a month, well over a month. I haven't seen my students. Our school year does not actually end until June the 4th. So we're doing all of our classwork online which has been all right. It's, it's been challenging at times, but it's, you know, I've got a lot of very mature kids who are, who have definitely embraced this. Sure. They're getting bored like anybody else sitting at home, but they realize that this is, this is the ends, yeah, ends of the means. They need to do this in order to to get the credit for the courses that they're in. And yeah, I don't know if we're going to be back in school in August, which is when we go back at the end of August. So we shall see what happens regarding to that. Um, but again, you know, the hub issue, I'm not sure how it's going to work. It's going to be very interesting. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see. So we should get some news right around May 11th, thereabouts, and find out whether or not uh, we're going to see footy anytime soon. You know, I did a little uh, searching online yesterday. You know, So again, you know, Queensland has opened up for the the NRL. So they're going to, they're going to have a jump start, as I'd mentioned before. So hopefully the AFL can't be that far behind. And, you know, Gold Coast and Brisbane were both being talked about as being hubs. I'd heard, you know, uh, Cairns also being discussed as well. Now I did a little bit of uh, searching on Google Earth. And I have this, this, yeah, you, th- you think I, I love footy, Google Earth is something that I spend a lot of time fiddling around with as well. And, you, you know, my, uh, I'll tell you about that here in just a second. But I, I looked around the city of Gold Coast and zoomed in and zoomed out. And I don't know at what level these happen to be, uh, what the dimensions actually are as far as whether they would work in the proper size. But I counted at least a half dozen ovals besides Metricon in Gold Coast. So I don't know if those are at the school level or if those are the different clubs that are in the area that, that are using those. But if they end up having a hub in Gold Coast, which is a, a tourist city, I've heard it's referred to as kind of the Las Vegas of Australia or Orlando of Australia, they have plenty of hotel space to accommodate the players. I believe that, you know, even if they decided to bring families along, they would have enough hotel space to accommodate families as well, which is, again, that's that's certainly a debate for another day. But having all of those ovals, I think that would allow Gold Coast to be used as an area for training, if need be. Now, back to uh, to Google Earth. I don't know how many of you use Google Earth, but it's a fascinating little website. And I I, I am a geography teacher by trade. I teach government as well, but I... I teach a college level uh, geography class at my high school. And uh, one of the shows that I watch on television quite a bit, and I've heard rumblings that it's actually possibly going to be coming to Australia as a show that airs in Australia. And I put a link to that article in the show notes as well. But it's a show called House Hunters and House Hunters International. Now, House Hunters here in the United States is, 
you know, a, usually it's a young couple who are looking to, to move into their first house or a bigger house and they go out and look at three houses and they have to decide the pros and cons and they eliminate one and they ultimately decide between the other two which one then they're going to buy or rent, whatever the case may be. But then there's also House Hunters International, which has people that are on the show. Most of them are Americans who are moving overseas, but in some cases it's it's people who are from Australia or from England or Germany or wherever the case may be. And there's over 1,800 episodes of this show that have been done. And they actually did an episode where they the people that were on actually looked at an apartment building in the small village in Mexico where my mother-in-law lives. But every episode, when they go and look at an apartment, they put like a little rudimentary map of the city on the, uh, on the screen, and they put like a little pin on the map to show, well, here's where the house is. Now, I don't know how bored you get, folks, but I'm somebody that will actually sit down and watch House Hunters International and will open up Google Earth to find the houses that they're looking at on Google Earth. Not something that I normally admit to a lot of people, but I just admitted it to the entire world, or at least those of you who are listening. So yeah, I'll, I'll actually find about 40, 45% of the houses that they put on there. And I'll see the picture, because uh, yeah, on Google Earth, you can actually drop down, in most cases, right to street level. And you can, you know, you could, you know the car is driven right past that home. I was an exchange student in Brazil back in 1981. And I, you know, I, I found the house and I was just in Sao Paulo, which is just a little small town of about 20 million people. And I found the house that I lived in with a photograph that was taken in 2018. And I had slides that I have from when I was a, uh, when I went there that I put up on the projector screen in my classroom. So on one side, I had a picture of the house in 2018 and a picture of the same house in 1981 you know, to show the kids that it's the same place, that sort of thing. But, but if, if you get really bored, Google Earth is a, is a great thing to just kind of go look at what things look like around the world. But there's talk about there becoming a series of this show being licensed to one of the TV networks in Australia. Now, I did put a link in the show notes to a YouTube channel that had, it looked like, dozens and dozens of episodes of House Hunters International linked there. So you can go and, you know, fiddle around with Google Earth and see if you can find the houses as well. Hopefully footy comes back on and you don't have to worry about that. But I saw one other thing before I wrap up tonight that uh, was interesting. And I don't know if this uh, undercuts the credibility of the AFL players, but the, the Premier League in Europe has been talking about how they're going to go about finishing out their season. And I found an article, and again, I linked this one as well, they still have 92 games yet to finish on their schedule before their season is up, which sounds like a lot, but it's really not that many. And they're considering different locations to, to play the games. One of them, they're talking about going to Qatar. Another one, they're talking about just simply canceling the season and not having the season, kind of like they did with college basketball this year in the United States. But there's also been discussion about actually having the season finish in Perth, basically moving all 20 teams from the Premier League to Perth and play the games there in Optus, the Perth Oval, the Western Australia Cricket Association, 
and uh, HBF Arena. And I don't know what the HBF stands for. I should have looked that up, but I did not. Now, I'm not much of a soccer fan. I'm, I'm an announcer for the high school soccer teams at my school. But I, other than that, I don't generally watch a lot of soccer. That's one of the things that drew me to, to footy is the nonstop action. There's a lot more scoring that goes on, that type of thing. So if the Premier League is, is thinking, you know what? Maybe we could go ahead and travel thousands of miles to, to finish out our season. I don't know if that uh, harms the credibility of the, the Players Association and they're not wanting to finish out the season or not wanting to, uh, to go play in the hubs and be away from home. All right. Now, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up here, ladies and gentlemen. I have, um, like I said, a couple of interviews that are lined up. I'm very excited about them. I'm hoping to get one of them done Tuesday or Wednesday this week and have that for you next weekend. I'm going to keep plugging along on the uh, episode dealing with concussions and CTE. And uh, that may be a, a rather lengthy episode once we get into that one. Um, but it's, it's, uh, it is something that I think is definitely required that we listen to, that we talk about anyway. It's something that I think is that important. Okay. Now, ladies and gents, don't forget that, well, you can find all of the episodes of this podcast at a yank on the footy.podbean.com. You can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. Just go ahead and Google it, look it up, bookmark it. I hope you would consider giving him a review. I hope you would consider sharing the podcast with your friends. You know, give them the name, send them a link. You know, if you're listening on your phone or you're listening on your computer, copy that link and pop it into an email to your friends. They might enjoy it as well. You know, I would love, you know, if you would reach out like Matthew Francis did last week and shoot me a note. Tell me what you tell me what you think. What do you like? What would you like me to address? Are there questions that you want to ask of me? Okay, things that you want to know about me with regards to my journey to become a footy fan. And uh, there's a distinct possibility that I might actually get to see my first Sharon in person very soon. I'm hoping that's the case. So I'll have to let you know, and I'll definitely put some pictures out there. I'm not sure if I'll let you watch me kick it, though, because I'm not very coordinated. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So, you know, like I said, you can reach me at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at yank underscore on. You can find me also on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. I'd like to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for the use of two of his great pieces of music. He's created some fantastic music and I'm using the pieces elevation and winter's mist. You can find him at josephmcdade.com slash music. Again, Mr. McDade, thanks a lot for your wonderful music. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for taking time out to listen. These are hectic times in our society. Sounds like things are improving quite a bit in Australia. We're still well on our way here in the United States. We've got some states that have become very restrictive. Other states have begun to open up a little bit here and there. But keep in mind that while we're fans of our teams, deep down, we're fans of a game that we all love, and that's footy. Now, ladies and gents, it looks like there might just be a faint light at the end of the footy tunnel. And by the time next weekend rolls around, we might just have some good news. 
and we might be able to be real excited about this. So I hope that you stay safe and that your family stays safe. You take the proper measures to help keep yourself protected from this virus. Be tolerant of one another. Reach out to people. Call your friends. Get in touch with them. And again, ladies and gents, thanks so very much for listening. I ask that you share this podcast with your friends and your family. And may your dribble kick never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode 22 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and on Facebook at a yank on the footy. Again, thanks for listening and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Goodbye. <laughs>